0: Welcome to the Generic Board Game Podcast. All the board gaming content you want at a fraction of the price. I'm your American host, Philip Millman. And I'm your European host, Vic from NaveCon. It's not actually my surname,
1: but uh, it works. The uh, We haven't talked in a while. We, we've, we've been meaning to meet up and chat, but um, a lot of things have gotten in the way in
0: both cases. Well, you know, work, travel... Um, a few cons, which we'll hopefully talk about later. Vic is still interested. A
1: little bit of gaming. Did you get some gaming in? The um, since I last spoke to you, I know you were kind of aiming to get a bit done.
0: Well, I got a lot of gaming in uh, at Board Game Geek Con, which you know I wasn't working, which was the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to whip through them. I played The Gallerist, Mintwork several times. I played uh, Texas Railroad, which is a game that is kind of in development from my friend um, Mo. Uh, I played Concordia Venus, the new Concordia, which I really liked. It's uh, match play, so it has some very interesting twists. I played Wendaki, which is a very good, very interesting action selection game, area control I played the prototype of Mike Fitzgerald's Baseball Highlights 2052, which is its sequel to my number one game, Baseball Highlights 2045. First mentioned, I played Tales of the Northland: Sagas of Nog and the Nog, which I really, really enjoyed. Played Arkwright for the first time, uh, a heavier, a slightly older game. It, it's been called the Excel spreadsheets of board games. Not too unkind, but it's an excellent game. I really, really enjoyed it. I played a Splatter Indonesia, which is another area control game. The guy who teaching taught us uh, basically lapped all the other guys that were still new to this. But it was a good game. I played a Baseball Highlights 2045 tournament at, at BGGCon. <coughs> and I won again. So you're now looking at a two-time champion of Baseball Highlights 2045. You must send me on your autograph. I uh, didn't
1: realize I was talking to royalty when I speak on this podcast.
0: Yes, I'm I'm waving like the queen now. And I beat uh, fellow podcaster Alex Goldsmith of the Dukes of Dice. And now I am his arch enemy, his his mortal nemesis. So excellent. I I like it. I played the new Feld game Carpe Diem, which I was extremely underwhelmed. Oh. I played Agra at PAXU. Um, I was working there for Tim Fowers games, the guys that make paperback and hardback, <coughs> Burgle Brothers, and now Boarding. So I worked there. I didn't have as much time to play board games. So the, I played a little bit of baseball highlights, not a lot. I played Keyflower for the first time, which I thought was very, very good. And I also played Root, <coughs> which I really enjoyed. Uh, lastly since then I've been traveling I've gotten sick as you can hear through my coughs. I the only thing I've played since Pax unplugged which was in the first weekend of December was Concordia and Role Player. So it's been kind of quiet for me. What about you Vic? Hopefully you've had uh, a lot of plays too. I've been a little bit ill
1: as well. Um I was kind of out of gaming for a few weeks but I did get some gaming in recently and before I got sick, yeah, I, 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 nothing serious in case you're worried. yeah, I got to play Azul Stained Glass Window, yeah. the new one. Really, really like it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Azul. I spent the summer with my wife sitting out the back, not all the summer, but the evenings playing Azul, um, drinking cups of coffee and just having a great time. And I, I played a couple of hundred games of that. So Stained Glass Window was an obvious one for me. I picked it up at Essen and um, i was delighted with it got to play it recently with my son and it, it's a better game and um, it's a little bit different it's different enough to warrant uh, getting the game it's not like Azul 1.1 or anything like that it's a completely new game uh, it has some of the characteristics of the old one and um, has a lot more um possibilities for screwing yourself up and others but great fun game uh, play container Mm -hmm. Uh, So much so that uh, I was so impressed with it. It's out now as a 10th anniversary edition, the jumbo version that my kids are getting for me for Christmas. A few Kickstarters arrived. uh, And when I say a few, I don't do a whole lot of them. Uh, I've under a dozen Kickstarters to my name. um, But a lot of them arrived just recently. And one of them was Summit. And I really Mm -hmm. liked that. Got to play it on Thursday. It's a little bit different It's a little bit backstabby and so on, so I love it. Uh, Got to play Gorus Maximus as well, which Mm. is a nice little trick-taking game with a little bit of twist to it. Um, Again, Endeavor uh, has been played an awful lot. That's a great game. And Concordia. And um, yeah, that's it. Did you get any new stuff that you've added to your shelf of opportunity?
0: (laughs) Yes, well, my shelf of opportunity, and I think I'm going to trademark that because now I'm starting to get uh, a lot of traction with that name in various board gaming circles, I did. And I, I think I went a little overboard. So going into 2019, I'm probably gonna be on a buyer strike for a while, or uh, not buying anything until my wife says, yeah, it's okay. So um, what's come in the door is Teotihuacan. I was able to snag one uh, a copy of that. So that was great, because they, they didn't produce enough copies. And so now no. NSKN is trying to catch up with the demand. I picked up Root with the expansion at PAX Unplugged. I wasn't originally gonna, I was just buying it to sell it, but I played it, so I kinda like it, so I might keep that for a while. I picked up Winaki, uh, I really enjoyed that game when I played it at Con, so I had to get a copy. I picked up the expansion of Great Western Trails, uh, Rails to the North, and I did a teach of it live on YouTube for Heavy Cardboard Channel. So if you wanna see that, uh, Go to the Heavy Cardboard, Google uh, uh, Great Western Trail, and you'll see a four-player version of it, and that's me teaching it and then playing it subsequently. Fantastic. I also picked up Amon Ray, the card game. I really like Amon Ray as as a bidding game. It's really, really clever. It had a recent reprint. I own the original version. The card game is a nice kind of filler that you can play at work. I also got in some Kickstarters. I got in... Uh, dual Powers, uh, 1917 Revolution, which is a one and two player game. So I'm looking forward to that. I also got Deep Space D6, which is also a one player game or solo game. So I'm looking forward to getting that as getting done, that getting done as well. Lastly, uh, I, did, I was part of a secret Santa. Yeah, I know I'm Jewish, but I, I participated anyway. So <laughs> I'll say it's a secret Hanukkah Harry that works. So my secret Santa was amazing. Uh, like off the charts amazing and listen to what i got i got was it monopoly yeah it was monopoly it was to- yes. four different versions of honesty yeah no 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 um, i got his copy of gates luong which is impossible to get and he, he just gave me his copy which is phenomenal oh, wow. it was a great condition he gave me his copy of manhattan project Mm-hmm. which I hear is very good. It's, it was on my list, and I'm just impressed as hell that he gave it to me. He sent me a brand new copy of Three Kingdoms Redux, which is also supposed to be very good, a very good three-player game. And for the Piste de Résistance, he sent me Euphoria, a game by Jamie Stegmeyer of Stonemeyer Games. But not only did, he, was it, did it get sent to me, but it was signed by Jamie with a Happy Holidays card from Jamie and it had the game trays insert. Very nice. So I'm I'm in awe. I am not worthy to be the target of that Secret Santa. That's really really good. It was it was amazing. Did you get rid of any games?
1: I got rid of one or two, and um, some of which you might change your opinion of me about. I, I I think I told you this already. I got rid of Great Western Trails. Yeah, I know this science, dead air dead air. uh, It just wasn't getting played. I had played it once, liked it, and kind of went, must play that again. Never happened. Um, I got rid of Troyes, or Troyes, or Troyes, Troyes. Yeah, I got rid of that as well. There's a few that I didn't get rid of, so um, they're being moved from my kind of gaming cabinet up to the attic, um, which is fine for board game storage, but they'll disappear in the next NaveCon sale because they're really good games. Um, But (laughs) I picked up one or two new ones, and I'm waiting for this. There's, there's a few coming to me for the holidays. Uh I have class on its way to me. Um, and I have, which I really like, at least I think I have, it may be in the press, I may have lost it, is Mother of Dragons. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I really liked um, the game of, game of Thrones game, um, and I'm curious to see how it plays with eight. I reckon we can keep the time down because it's not that, big or long a game but it is lovely and the games always tend to kind of go the same so adding this could be interesting Uh, I got Lincoln on Kickstarter oh Uh, haven't had a chance to try it likewise Australia Uh, I did get to try Wildlands which is magnificent um, Amerigo, I got as a swap again oh. sitting in a press nicely. I've Hitler's Reich, which is sitting in a press. Uh, I got Quartermaster General, uh, Cold War, which is very nice, very big, big fan. I have nearly all of the Quartermaster General games. This I like, it's different, it's really a three player, although it masquerades as a six. And uh, I got Tobago from somebody for next to nothing, and and uh, Mini Sub and Cousins War, and a few other card games. Um, I've kind of got to the point now where I don't need any more games for a while. There's nothing out there that I'm 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 kind of looking going oh I must get that that's a an instant purchase. Apart from Mother of Dragons, um, I do kind of like the look of Keyforge, but I haven't dipped into it yet. Um, I must play a game with someone else's deck to see what I think of it. That's that was pretty much me for the last few months uh, yeah. since we last spoke.
0: Yeah, I just got rid of uh, two games out of my collection, which I gave one away as a Christmas present or a holiday present, and then one as a white elephant present. So for those (laughs) that aren't familiar with the white elephant is, uh, there is a tradition of giving crappy gifts at office parties where you take a gift that's worth less, less than $10 and then people try to pick it up and then they start trading, like horse trading. And uh, there we go, the phone starts ringing just as we're starting Yes, Hold on, let me turn this off. Call from- Spam, Spam's calling me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's probably somebody ringing in, they've heard this podcast already and they're that impressed.
0: Or they're trying to sell us something like, hey, we can upgrade your- (laughs) Whatever, yeah, (laughs) your board gaming experience. Uh, I I think I'm gonna keep that in there just because it's funny. Um, So I got, so we have this white elephant And I work for a law firm, uh, not for a law firm. I I work for a law group within my agency, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm a non-lawyer there, so I get away with murder. So I thought it would be funny to give away the game Five Finger Severance, Five Finger (laughs) Severance, where you're a bunch of disgruntled employees who are about to get fired and are trying to steal as much as you can from the store before you're eventually fired, and whoever has stolen the most goods wins. It has a amazing bgg rank of 5.71 wow i have played it once it is a horrible game (laughs) so i thought it was perfect and let's just say that that was probably the closest thing to toxic waste of any gift that was given that day i on the other hand was very fortunate i was able to secure a wood sculpture of a trout It is, it is my precious, and, I'm, and I've named it Smeagol.
1: Excellent. That's um, that's
0: that's that's really a great company to work for there.
1: I, uh, I, I'd be tempted to move. Uh, <laughs> you do not want to work for the federal no, government? No, I, I, I don't want to work for any government. The, um, <laughs> listen, you were at a couple of cons. Uh, I have was. You had been going on about how you were at cons after I was at Essen, and you had to outdo me by going to two cons because I only went to one con. So tell me about the first one. Um, that was Board Game Geek, and we all know Board right. Game Geek because it comes up on our browser when we press B up into the uh, search bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you're a gamer when you press B. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know you're a gamer when you press B in the in the uh, URL bar, and Board Game Geek is the first coin yeah. one that comes up. And,
1: and that's it. That's okay. Board Game Geek. Uh, I, I've never had the privilege of getting there, but it's five days. You were saying
0: yeah, so it starts on a it starts on a Wednesday uh, and it goes through Sunday. so it is five days. Uh, Sunday's kind of a half day. It starts at 10 am on Wednesday. What typically happens though, is people come on on Tuesday,'ll we'll play games Tuesday night. They do open some rooms on these side floors, mm-hmm. these side rooms on these floors so people can game. Uh, that's when I played Gallerist actually. It was on a Tuesday night of BGG Con. And people just game almost 24 by 7. It's really amazing. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And the other great thing about Board Game Geek is their library. Their library of games is something like 5,000 games that they bring to the convention. Their actual library, from what I'm told, is something closer to 15. So they, they have to make a choice. Uh, what's also nice is they have a hot games area so you can play games that aren't quite out yet, but are available for you to try. So for instance, Carpe Diem hadn't quite come out yet. We were able to play that. Uh, Concordia Venus was also there in the hot games. Uh, Ray Colt was there. Uh, you know, Hong Kong, the Blackout Hong Kong game was there. The the new, uh, fit, uh, I think it's the Alexander Pfister game. That was there. I didn't get a chance to play it, but a lot of people were really enjoying it. Root was there. So, there's a lot of great games out there. Uh, what's great is they have this huge ballroom where everybody plays games. They have these flags. Teachers want it. Players want it. It's very relaxed. They have a okay, not a fantastic, but they do have an okay dealer room. So you do get a lot of interesting games there. I don't think I bought any games there, but I did buy a lot of accessories. Mm. So Board Game Geek store uh, is, has a presence there. And they had a lot of things there that I ended up buying, like uh, these uh, bit bit holders that are individual bit holders that have a place for you to hold cards, and they have one of every color. So you take the color that you're playing, and then everybody can see the color that you're playing, which isn't always the case. Yeah. There was a lot; it was a lot of fun. The other fun thing that I really enjoy about BGG Con, which is kind of silly, is that people will start getting online the night before for the open at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. What happens is that when you register, you also have the ability to pick up. They have some free games that there mm. you know, various publishers have available to uh, that they make available. So the better games go quickly. Mm-hmm. So people like to line up early so they can get the better games before they run out. And then they go from there. It's a lot of fun. So I'm, It is, and unlike your experience in Essen, BGG is really a player's convention. You are going to spend most of your time playing. They have dexterity games out for everybody to play. They have at least three different types of Crokinole and other type of dexterity games. Pitch Car. It is really a gamer's uh, paradise just because you have this huge library plus all these different rooms to play games uh i told you about the ballroom Mm -hmm. on each floor they have a a small conference room that also can hold you know six or seven tables all the conference rooms on the second floor are for the gaming and as well as on the 11th floor which is has more business business meeting rooms Mm -hmm. all of those are converted to gaming and so there's a ton of gaming it's three thousand people. Ah, uh, next year it's going to be more because they're moving to a bigger hotel.
1: Wow. Okay, that's that's I was I was going to ask you how many people. Um, that's incredible. Tell me, uh, I'm curious. Five days of solid gaming. How are you after five days? Or did you stick it to the end? Or did you pace yourself? Or how did it work for you?
0: I'm old. Yes, so you I are. paced myself. Yeah. I'm I'm an ancient. Uh, you know, parts of my body are breaking down, mm-hmm. like my big toe. They, I had a great time. I, 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 besides having a great time, but I do pace myself because after a while I get goofy if I don't get enough sleep. I'm like I'm done. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I played. I, I played uh Teotihuacan at BGG Con. We started around eight o'clock. We made it through 10, ten ten thirty, and then I was like, you know what? I could, and people are saying, oh, let's go play another game. Oh, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Let me move on to the next thing. Uh, there was a couple of times where I've just sort of begged off games because I was just too tired and I'm not there to game until i drop. I'm there to have a good time. And for me, it's once I've hit my limit and I know what that limit is, I just, I go to sleep. I need my seven hours of sleep
1: i guess the thing about this it's more spread out i know from the navecon experience it's it's like 18 hours solid and people are trying to suck the marrow out of the bone to get the very last out of it um, and it's not uncommon for me to start a, a quick game of twilight struggle at two in the morning you know somebody will come up to me and go come on we have a quick game of twilight struggle okay yeah but spreading it I, I i've i've kind of thought about doing a longer event but you would need higher numbers the other con you went to sounds interesting as well. It isn't exclusively board games. I'm guessing
0: it's Packs Unplugged. Um, yes.
1: So that's the uh, that's the Penny Arcade guys, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. So last year, Penny Arcade decided they wanted to have an unplugged convention, and they did it the same weekend as Board Game Geek Con. So there was a lot of complaining, a lot of bitching and moaning. Penny Arcade heard it. They listened. And this year, it was the weekend after Thanksgiving. BGG Con is the weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, PAX Unplugged is after. Now, PAX Unplugged is a very different type of con for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's big. It's in the Philadelphia Convention Center, and there's a lot of room there. The second thing that makes it very different is that it has a lot of role-playing games okay. involved. And they have tournaments. So they had a Catan tournament. They had a ticket to ride tournament. BGGCon Con really doesn't have as many tournaments per se. It's more unstructured and it's more play what you want. Uh, the other interesting thing that I found with PAXU is from a gamer, they closed the convention hall at midnight. So you were done. Okay. At BGGCon, Con, it's gaming 24 hours during the five days that it's open. PAX... At midnight, it shuts the door. You're done. Mm-hmm. The other major difference between the two, well, there's, I want to say there's two other differences. One is the game library is a lot smaller, but it is its second year and it is growing. So that's just growing pains, and I don't I don't see that as a big deal. The vendor hall was much much bigger, and there was a lot more available, like like Root, which was not really available at, at BGG Con in, There were copies there. I was able to get copies there. Now, to be fair, because I was working the Tim Fowers booth in the mornings, I was able to quickly, right before the hall opened, stag my Teo and stag my Root before the general public got there. But there was a lot more cosplay uh, at PAXU. Was- Did you cosplay? Did you go dressed as something? Be honest. I don't have the legs for it. No. (laughs) Uh, uh, I I would love to go Sailor Moon. I just don't have the legs for it. There you go. You know,
1: everyone (laughs) wants to go Sailor Moon and they don't do it. Um, They say it and just never happens. Um, If you had to choose from, I kind of understand from what you're saying or hear it in your voice already, is um, if you had to pick one of those cons, which would it be?
0: So as a player... I, without a question, BGGCon, because that's what I'm doing. I'm playing games. There's a great library. If I'm a vendor and I was working for a vendor uh, at PAX Unplugged, I would do PAX Unplugged because there is so much foot traffic. There is so much uh, business there. I mean, you're getting people from DC to to New York because Philly is honestly a day trip. It's an hour by train from. Uh, New York, it's about an hour and a half from D.C. It's very easy to get to. It's a big facility. It's well-known. It's got the cachet that Penny Arcade brings to their events. So as a vendor, I would much, much rather be at PAX U. Two very different fields, two very different cons. And I'd also you know, say that there were a lot of people who were just coming down for the day. There were a lot of people from New York who just said, yeah, I hopped on an early train got here played until you know 1011 hopped on a train and went home okay yeah oh, okay. so it, it had a very different feel uh, keep in mind that BGG con is in or this past year was in the Dallas-fort Worth Airport Hyatt Regency hmm. very hard to get to uh, the the airport ha- is crazy the way it does certain things not a big fan of the airport. Next year we'll see if it changes because next year it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency downtown and it, it will be a very different feel. So we'll, we'll have to see.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to come over for one of those. And from the very sound of it, I think, you know, it's definitely going to be BGG if I do come over and, you know, it sounds like the Vegas of board gaming uh, and it, it, it appeals to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're nodding. I'm nodding. Yeah. 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 This is going to happen. The um. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. I think that's a nice kind of uh, bring back. Is there anything else we want to add to this before we wrap it up?
0: I I don't think so. I think in the uh, just just to mention to people that uh, in our next podcast talking about how to bring new players into the hobby, what games are better gateway games than others, and why we think that way. So that's just a little teaser for our next podcast.
1: I hope you can join us first, and um, I think we'll leave it at that. And lovely talking to you, as always. Let's uh, make it look like we went away for a while and came back and <laughs> didn't start into the second podcast straight away. Let's make it look like that. You know, we'll change it.
0: Hey, yeah, well, we'll 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 dress it up however we can. And for those that want to reach out to us, I can be reached on Twitter at board game rabbi if you look for navecon
1: you will find me and um, my name is associated with it and so if anything ever happened to navecon i'm going to prison no the uh, it's you know i so look for navecon you'll find me I'm, I'm under there somewhere uh thank you very much philip we'll talk to you soon um and happy gaming
0: happy gaming everybody